0: Is the best weapon. Today is Tuesday, November 28th, 2023, in the Gregorian calendar, and the 15th of Kislev, 5784, in the Hebrew calendar. Today, I broadcast to you from New York City. I have a brief update for you following the fifth day of hostage releases from Gaza. There is set to be one more day as per the extension that was agreed upon. I am now going to get you up to speed. Now, let's get to the news. Ten Israeli hostages, including eight women and one teen with her mom, on Tuesday were released. The date was November 28, 2023, and the hostages had suffered some 53 days in Hamas captivity in Gaza. The hostages, mostly from Kibbutz near Oz, were handed over by two terror organizations, both Hamas and the Islamic Jihad, to the Red Cross in Gaza before being transferred to Israel via the Kerem Shalom crossing, which is through Egypt. The release was part of an extended deal with Hamas to pause fighting before being transferred to Israel via the Kerem Shalom crossing. The release was part of an extended deal with Hamas to pause the fighting. The deal was supposed to last four days, with Monday being day four. But a deal to release more hostages for an additional two days was reached, meaning that Tuesday and Wednesday would see more hostages released, 10 Israeli citizens per day. Tuesday, two Thai nationals were also released Separately, the Thai and Filipino releases were dealt with externally by their nations of origins who had to work with mediators. The handover was managed by armed, masked terrorists, and the hostages were brought to Israeli hospitals after the fact for treatment and monitoring before being reunited with their families. The truce is expected to last until Wednesday, with another group of hostages anticipated to be freed on Wednesday during the day. The hostages had been captured on October 7th, and their release occurred amid a temporary halt in fighting. The deal was not fully honored, however, by Hamas, and it broke the ceasefire. With a rocket being launched on Friday, just 20 minutes after the ceasefire was set to start. The deal was also supposed to release families together. Instead, Hamas is releasing individuals and many people without their relatives, meaning that so many of these hostages are coming out, but they have family members that are still in, and that was not supposed to be the case, so this agreement has not been held. The hostages' return involved various individuals, including elderly citizens like Ditzka Hyman and Tamar Metzger. They are 84 and 78 years old, as well as younger people like 17-year-old Mia Lamberg, who is also Argentinian. The fate of some hostages, including the Bibas family, which is the family that has that 10-month-old in captivity, remains uncertain. People are not sure where they are. The family was given over from Hamas to another Palestinian terror group in Gaza. The hostage release followed previous groups, and the situation involves complex negotiations, including a broader agreement between Israel and Hamas. On the fifth day of the current Gaza war truce, Hamas released an additional 12 hostages, which included four Argentine Israeli women. Simultaneously, Israel freed 30 Palestinian prisoners. The Argentine Israeli hostages released are named Ophelia Reitman, Clara Marman, Gabriela Lamberg, and Mia Lamberg, as confirmed by the Israeli embassy in Buenos Aires, Argentina. That's the nation's capital. This is in addition to a previous release of six Argentine nationals by Hamas on Monday. The family of five from kibbutz near Yitzhak was captured by Hamas during the October 7th massacre. Norberto Luis Har and brother Fernando Marman are still captive in Gaza. The group had attempted to jam themselves in a sealed room during the attack, and Mia Lamberg was later photographed exiting her captivity with the family dog called Bella, who was also held hostage in Gaza. Photos of her release include the family dog, which she's holding in her arms. Somehow this pup made it out alive, and in the hands of this young woman and animal lovers everywhere are... Really noting that, including some of my friends in Israel who are sending me photos, and uh, that was just pretty wild to see. I'd like to read the entire list of citizens that were released on Tuesday Israeli citizens. That is, we have Tamar Metzger, 78 years old, Ditsa Hyman, 84 years old, Noraline Babadila, 60. Ada Sagi seventy five, Ophelia Adit Reutemann, seventy seven, Rimon Kirst thirty-six, Merav Tal fifty-three, Gabriela Lamberg, fifty-nine, Mia Lamberg, seventeen, Clara Marman, sixty-three. This has been absolutely unseen in the universe, uh, this type of hostage release has been, has been extremely wild, and I, I read out these names to you so that at least for a moment we can honor these individuals. I know that if you're like me, it's been very hard to wrap your mind around everything that we've experienced and understand the casualties on both sides, and to just be able to honor people just by saying their name or by listening to their names, that is something That is just something. I want to thank all of you for your interest in Israeli affairs, Israeli politics, our world politics. I've been saying that for a while, but I think maybe now you can see it from my view ever so clearly. I also want to thank all of you who personally finance and fund the Israel Daily News Podcast with monthly contributions. You can support us by sending a monthly contribution to Anchor, dot fm backslash israel daily news you can contribute whatever feels good to you listener support is quite literally what helps me continue down this road of independent journalism so that I can do the work the way that I think the work should be done and more than anything I want to thank all of you for your words of affirmation which I am getting in all kinds of means of communication, whether it be Instagram or email or on the GoFundMe page, I just cannot thank you enough. If you would like to make a one-time contribution to our special wartime coverage, which I take very seriously, you can just type in my name, Shanna Fold, and, and type in GoFundMe, and that page will come up right away. You can also support us by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Two, you can share the show with a friend. And three, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at IsraelDaily.news, as well as Shanna Fold. My name has two N's in it, and I'm very sensitive about that. You can find us on Twitter at Israel Podcast. Reports are surfacing on the web that Hamas terrorists forced the captive children including 12-year-old Eitan Yahalomi, to watch videos of the atrocities that Hamas committed on October 7th. The report comes from Ms. Deborah Cohen, who is Eitan's aunt. She described the conditions that her nephew endured during his 52 days in Hamas captivity, explaining how local residents in Gaza viciously beat the 12-year-old up upon arrival as a prisoner a new prisoner into Gaza on October 7th and that when he and the other children cried out in pain they were threatened with rifles meant to silence the children this entire explanation from the aunt was done in French to a French media outlet and it's been translated Eitan Yahalomi's father Ohad remains in captivity and more than 160 people have not returned yet. Israeli media is sharing that women abducted by Hamas from Israeli territory were held in cages. This comes from a statement released by the Hostages and Missing Families Forum. Survivors revealed they were provided with limited food and supplies, running low toward the end of their captivity. Hostages were allegedly forced to write letters praising Hamas, and many reported that they feared Hamas would ambush them while they were on their way to being released. They did not believe they were really being let out until they were fully in the hands of Israeli officials. They were scared right up until the last ultimate second. There are also reports that Hamas leader Yahya sin who actually lives in Gaza, unlike his counterparts who live luxurious lives elsewhere, came to make personal visits to the hostages to check in on them while they were being held in the underground tunnels underground tunnels of gaza apparently sinwar speaks hebrew and addressed the hostages in hebrew and told them that they would not be harmed while they were in captivity additionally there are claims of medical neglect by international organizations with specific mention of an 84-year-old hostage, Elma Avraham, who was in dire need of medication and did not get them, and the Red Cross was not permitted to visit her or any of the hostages. That is supposed to be a standard protocol, which Hamas did not facilitate. Now I, I feel sort of obliged to mention this story about Elon Musk, the owner of X, formerly known as Twitter. Something in me does not want to cover this story. I Perhaps it's something about the celebrity or about the anti-Semitic rhetoric around Elon Musk, about him not doing enough to combat anti-Semitism online, or just about the cringy, cringy feel of seeing a celebrity come to Israel during Israel's worst time in, in its modern history to have a tour of atrocities and to do it next to Israel's prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, in front of the cameras just felt very cringe. However, it is a story. And uh, I'll read you, in, you know, in an effort to not give from myself to this story, I will read you what came from the GPO office, the government press office. It says here, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and Elon Musk this morning, Monday, November 27th, toured Kibbutz Kfar Aza. The Prime Minister showed him the horrors of the massacre at the kibbutz on Saturday, October 7th. Sha'ar HaNegev Regional Council acting chairman Yossi Keren and IDF spokesperson representative Liad Diamond briefed Musk on the massacre at the kibbutz. Prime Minister Netanyahu and Elon Musk went to the Liebstein family residence where the latter heard about the heroism of the late Ofir Liebstein, the Sha'ar Hanegev regional council chairman who was murdered on the morning of October 7th in exchanges of fire with terrorists who had entered the kibbutz. The Prime Minister and Musk proceeded to the Itamari family residence where Musk heard about Avigail Idan, aged four, whose parents were murdered, and she was abducted to Gaza and released yesterday from Hamas captivity. So that was Sunday. At the family home, an IDF spokesperson representative showed photographs that were taken a few days after the massacre. At the conclusion of the visit, Prime Minister Netanyahu and Elon Musk went to the Young People's Neighborhood of the Kibbutz, which suffered most of the horrors. On October 7th. So that's the end of the press release. I've read it to you. I've done my duty to get the news to you. I'd also like to say that I myself toured Kfau Aza the day before I left Israel for New York and I do have a special podcast on the way and a special video report on the way from Kfau Aza in which I had some pretty compelling testimonies especially one from a Zaka representative who is actually Muslim and is working with Orthodox Jews as a volunteer to bring some reparation uh, to the bodies that were massacred and found in pieces. That's their job. Their job is to find pieces of the bodies and bring them back together for a, a proper Jewish burial. So I have a lot of materials on the way and a lot of published works that are going to be coming out over the next week as well. All right, well, that is it for today's show. Today is Tuesday, November 28th, 2023. Tel Aviv has a low of 13 degrees Celsius and a high of 22 degrees. That's 55 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 72 degrees for the high Subscribe to the Israel Daily News Podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. The Israel Weekly News Wrap is a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. And of course, I always include a personal note from me at the top. I often discuss my feelings when I'm reporting things that I'm working on interviews that I've taken that have struck me and and I know a lot of people really get something from that you can sign up for that newsletter at israeldaily.news a big thank you goes out to our social media director Michelle Milner who is an Argentinian and bringing us a lot of Argentinian stories I continue my speaking tour in the United States Monday night, I was invited to do an on stage talk back following an off Broadway show called Amid Falling Walls, which was a very moving show. It was conducted mostly in Yiddish, but a little bit in English, about children of the Holocaust who wrote music and made art from the ghettos, from the concentration camps, from the death camps. Every song and musical act was written by a Jew from the Holocaust, and those poems and songs were recovered on scraps of paper, diaries, and some of them were found written on the walls of camps and ghettos. I spoke to the audience from the stage after the show was over about performing and getting up with a face of makeup and your hair done and putting nice clothes on and giving over the news even when you or me, are finding yourself a part of the story?" That was the first question that Daniela Rabani, Serkin, one of the actors, asked. Or she introduced me as a performer and I had to speak to how actually, despite the world might see me as a journalist, these days getting in front of the camera is certainly a performance. My friend Nicole Raviv, international singer, came onto the stage as well we were invited together and she spoke about her experience taking her music to the hospitals to sing for soldiers and she related to that she related to how the kids were singing in the ghettos and there were cabarets in the ghettos there were little theatrical performances. In the ghettos, you know, people didn't stop their music. They didn't stop their theater. And she talked about how she brought her music and theater to hospital beds to perform for soldiers who were ill and people who were recovering from being attacked on October 7th. Wednesday, I am speaking to a high school class in New York City. And I am also going to be releasing a lot of long-form written content with survivors from October 7th and individuals from families who still have members that are being held hostage in Israel. I am working to give them a voice and I am, when I'm not podcasting, I am doing a lot of writing and a lot of organization, so trust me on that. I'm going to give you right now just a little sneak peek of, of something that one of the family members of a captive said to me today during our phone interview. He said this, he said, We have to be hopeful that they are all going to come back alive. I wanted to share that with you. I I do not like to leave us off here at the Israel Daily News podcast on a somber note. That is not what the Jews are known for. They are known for surviving and thriving, and we're going to survive and thrive today. I have a special musical treat for you that has been shared with me, and it has been performed by Argentina's famous musician Leon Gieco, He's considered to be Argentina's Bob Dylan. He recorded a song for peace called I Only Ask God, and it was recorded in a mosque in Argentina with two singers named Gaston Saeed, who sang in Hebrew on behalf of the Jewish community, and Nuri Nardelli, who performed his part In Arabic they wrote on the YouTube underneath the the video this they said I only ask God is a request for peace Leon sang his parts in Spanish the artists say that the song and music video is an unprecedented experience that they hope to replicate in other countries the song is saying in Spanish and Hebrew and Arabic all together From the capital, Buenos Aires, in Argentina, enjoy this piece and have a great and productive day.
1: Sous-titrage Yo creo que nosotros hacemos estas cosas porque tenemos la posibilidad de hacerlos y sentirnos un poquito menos impotentes. Porque hay mucha gente que... un taxista, un albañil, un carpintero que ve las guerras, ve las diferentes guerras, y se empieza a sentir impotente sin poder hacer nada por la guerra. Bueno, nosotros algo hacemos. Esto no va a cambiar absolutamente nada porque la guerra tiene otro idioma. Pero... Eh, Respecto a nuestra impotencia eh, de no hacer nada, eh, cantar esta canción por la paz eh, en hebreo y en árabe y en castellano me parece que tiene una razón de ser justamente en este momento eh, con el desastre que estamos viendo todos los días en Medio Oriente.